Good morning, everybody. We're so glad that you're here. We're glad that you folks who are joining us by the internet, uh, we're glad that you're here too. We hope that today will be a, a special day as we as we walk into the house of the Lord or into the presence of the Lord and we worship Him today. Will you stand with us and let's sing. You know, true freedom comes through Jesus Christ.
you can have a seat real quick. Hey, we want to welcome you to worship. Thanks for being here. And if you're a guest, especially thanks for uh, taking the time to be here with us. There's a, a card in the back of the pews there, a guest card. If you don't mind filling that out at the end of the service, you can head out towards your left as you're exiting up the ramp. There's a welcome center, and we'd love to get to know you. And we've got a little gift for you. Uh, you can drop the card there and meet one of our pastors. And uh, we'd love to get to know you. So thanks for being here. We're excited to worship. We're going to be singing about the freedom we have in Christ. And uh, we are thankful that what, for what Jesus has done for us, uh, that we can uh, worship freely, that we give praise freely, that we can live free from sin and, and strive to follow him. So let's pray for that and continue in our worship. Father God, we are thank you, thankful for uh, this opportunity to worship, to be in your house, to give you praise, God. Thank you for the freedom that we have in you. Thank you for the sacrifice you paid for us uh, to, to give us that freedom, for taking our burdens, our sin, our shame, our guilt, taking that all upon you so that we can live freely for you, God. Help us to live out uh, of that, that understanding. Help that inspire us to love other people and to love you, God. Help us to worship and listen and hear from you this morning. We give you praise, and it's in your name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Will you stay with us on that sing again?
here we go. The Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. I am free. Amen. Where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom. I am free. Amen. One more time. Where the Spirit
Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we come before you this morning just offering our prayers and our hearts to you this morning and remembering that it's upon you that we stand, that you are our solid rock, and it's in you and you alone that our hope, our future, our faith, our hearts are built upon, Lord. And we love you for just loving us back. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It's good to see you today. So good to worship with you. I want to this morning direct you to just one verse of Scripture. I pray it will lodge in your mind. I pray that maybe you'd even memorize it today. It's really just a part of a verse. Two lines from Exodus chapter 15, verse 2. It says, The Lord is my strength. And my song, he has become my salvation. Let me begin by telling you the background of that verse. And let me share with you the story of redemption in case you don't know it. When God set out to save us, he determined to do it through a particular people. He would have a chosen people that would bless the world. So he started with one man named Abraham, and he called Abraham to go to a land called Canaan, and he said, I'll give you the land, I'll make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll bless the world through you. But he said, that will not happen for 400 years. Talk about patience. Uh, he said, uh, I'll give you this land, but not until the sin of the Amorites have reached the fulfillment. God said, it's not time to judge them yet. And until you become a large enough nation that you can populate it and, and, take, and beat back the wild animals and, and till the land. So Abraham and his son Isaac and his grandson Jacob were sort of nomads. They were just shepherds wandering in the land. Abraham even had to buy a plot of land to bury his wife. And then in the third generation, the generation of Jacob... There was a famine in the land, and God allowed them to go to Egypt to escape the famine under the leadership of Joseph, great-grandson of Abraham. And 70 people went down. That's all there were at that time. 70 people went down to Egypt to escape the famine. And this was part of God's plan. There they multiplied, became a large, number, large nation of millions of people. They were a threat to the Egyptians, so the Egyptians enslaved them and made them do the worst kind of labor. And God then, when the time was right, sent a deliverer named Moses to go and get the people out of bondage. Pharaoh didn't want to let them go. He had a workforce of hundreds of thousands. He didn't want to give that up. He was stubborn. God sent a series of ten plagues that convinced Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go. And so finally, after the tenth plague, they were released. And this nation goes back north where they had come south. 400 years ago, as 70, the Bible says there were 600,000 men plus their families. So probably well over a million people. Jacob had died down there in Egypt 400 years ago. Before he died, he said, when we go back, you take my bones back. So in this group of a million people, they were carrying the bones of Jacob back to the promised land. And they set out from the promised land, and God leads them on a circuitous route to the Red Sea. And Pharaoh changes his mind. You know, after the pain of God's discipline wears off, we forget about it, and sometimes we go back to our ways. Well, that's what Pharaoh did. He said, what was I thinking, letting this slave force go? 
We're going after them. We're going to go get them. And so 600 of his best chariots, plus other chariots, probably thousands of chariots, all of his army, all of his horsemen, and they set off across those salt flats of the desert. And the Israelites, camped against the Red Sea, can see them coming. They see the dust from those chariots coming in the distance, and they start wailing to Moses, What did you bring us out here in the desert for? Were there not enough graves in Egypt that we had to die out here? We'd be better. We didn't want to go in the first place, they said. We'd be better off back there as slaves in Egypt. But Moses prays to God, and God says, Break camp, you're setting out. And they must have wondered, where do we go? There's Egyptians there. There's water there. Where are we going to go? And God had sent a pillar of cloud by day and fire by night, the Bible says, to go before them. But at this point, the Bible says that that pillar of cloud circles around and becomes a rear guard between them and the advancing Egyptian chariots. And maybe it's like a fog or maybe it's a barrier. I don't know how it works but it delays the attack of the Egyptians. Nightfall comes, and God sends a strong east wind, and it blows that water, and during the night it creates a path of dry land with walls of water on each side, and the Israelites go through the Red Sea on dry land. Later in the scripture, it tells us the order that the tribes went. Judah, the Ark of the Covenant went first, tribe of Judah next, and on to the last tribe, Dan. I just, if, th- if that was the order here, I just think about, you know, Dan probably thought, hey, we got it good. We're in the back. Any fighting, we're far from it. Now they're in the back, and here come the Egyptians. And they say, oh, no, this is just like you've been to a reception, and they send you through the line, and your table goes last. And Dan's probably thinking, oh, no, we're at the wrong table now. We're going through here last. The Egyptians pursue them through the night and through the fog. But when all of the Israelites have gotten through on the other side, Moses stretches out his hand and the walls of water collapse and the Egyptians are covered in water and they are drowned and the army is destroyed. And you see, God knew this all along and the Bible says that God had hardened Pharaoh's heart to cause him to pursue them. What the Israelites saw as a terrible event that was their undoing was actually their salvation because what God was doing was destroy the Egyptian army so that they could not pursue them, so that they would not always have to be looking over their shoulder. God was doing a good thing, but they couldn't see it at the time. Could it be that way in your life sometimes when you have difficult circumstances? circumstances could it be that God knows what he's doing and he's working a greater victory for you and so the Israelites on the other side of the Red Sea rejoice in the victory that God has given and Moses writes a song about it and it's found in Exodus chapter 15 and the first verse says I'll sing to the Lord for he's highly exalted he has thrown the horse and the rider into the sea and verse 2 says This is the context of our verse. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. I just want to invite you to think about those three words that start with an S. Strength, song, salvation. First of all, the Lord is my strength. Can you say that today? I don't know what's going on in your life, but maybe you're terrified like these Israelites were as those armies were approaching them and they thought there was no recourse, nowhere to go. Maybe you feel overwhelmed 
by life. Maybe there's some problems going on in your life that seem bigger than you. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're worried. Maybe you're afraid. I want to invite you to say what the Israelites said. The Lord is my strength. I will find my strength in him. And you can find strength in a personal relationship to God through Jesus Christ that will strengthen you in even the worst of situations. Share with you a couple of examples of people in the Bible who applied this verse and found that strength. David was a pretty strong guy in his own right. David killed a bear when he was a teenager that was threatening his flock. David killed a lion when he was a teenager that was threatening his flock. That's a pretty good resume for a teenager, don't you think, right there? A giant came, and David alone in the nation was brave enough to go and fight him. David became a national war hero, and the women chanted, Saul has killed thousands, but David has killed tens of thousands. David's a pretty strong guy. But like all of us, David one time came to the end of his strength. And he and his men had been out, and they came home, and their homes were burned down, and all of their wives and children had been taken captive by a foreign enemy. And the the men were so mad at David for allowing this to happen that they threatened to stone him. That's a bad day, folks, right there. That's a bad day. But I want to read to you 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. David was in an extremely difficult position. Well, I guess so. Because the troops talked about stoning him, for they were all very bitter over the loss of their sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. No matter who you are, there's going to come a time in your life when you need strength. Where are you going to find it? I'm saying to you today that you can find strength for whatever you're facing today in the Lord, in a relationship with Him. The Lord is my strength. I'll give you a New Testament example. The Apostle Paul, pretty courageous guy, did a lot of miracles, faced down a lot of mobs. Pretty courageous guy, beaten several times, shipwrecked. There came a time in his latter years when he wrote in 2 Timothy 4.16, At my first offense, no one stood by me, but everyone deserted me. Paul felt all alone. May it not be counted against them. He said that. May it not be counted against them. Verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that I might fully preach the word and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. When I didn't have anybody else, he said, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. Do you have a relationship with God that would give you strength? If you're in a tough situation today, I, I encourage you to call out to the Lord today and say, God, I need strength. Would you be my strength in this situation? And I want to share with you what's even better than that. If, if you're not going through a tough time now, if you will build a relationship with God so that you will have it when you get in a tough situation. That's even better. That's what David did. That's why he strengthened himself in the Lord in this time because he already had a relationship with God. So do you, why don't you, re, why don't you build that relationship so you'll have that strength? Can I tell you about a member of our church? Roxanne Evans teaches in our children's Sunday school. Week before last, she was one of the camp counselors with our kid at, at Centrifuge Camp. A centric kid, when third through fifth graders went on camp uh, with her grandson, one of the kids there. She's developed headaches through the, the week. 
Thursday, she was nauseated, had her daughter come and get her, took her right to the doctor. Before that afternoon was over, they diagnosed her with a malignant brain tumor behind her eye. I went to see her the next day. Life can change very, very quickly. I went to see her in the hospital the next day, and she said, I'm at peace. I, I know where I'm going. I have a relationship with God. I grieve for my family, but I have that relationship. And I thought, wow, I'm not here to encourage her. She's, she's already found strength that encourages me. Where did she find that? Because she already had a relationship with God through Jesus. Do you have that? That you can say in the toughest of times. She had, she had brain surgery Monday. She's home now. We pray for her, her recovery. Would you pray for her? But the Lord is my strength. Do you have that? Would you call out to him today? Now, there's a second S. The Lord is my song. Now, what does that mean? The latest version of the NIV is one of the few that doesn't translate this word song, and that's why I'm using Christian Standard Bible today. It translates as defense. There are two Hebrew, there's a Hebrew word spelled the same way. It means defense, means song. Every other translation uh, takes it to mean song. I think that's the right translation. So what does it mean to say the Lord is my song? I understand what the Lord is my strength, but what does it mean the Lord is my song? Why did Moses add that phrase? The Lord is my song. Well, I think it's because a song expresses emotion, especially celebration and joy. Now, there's some sad songs, but most of the time we sing because we're happy. We're singing to celebrate. Most songs are love songs. You fall in love and you write a song. You know, it just, it gives, it's about the why of life. Strength is about how you make it. The song is about why you make it. What's your motivation for for living in life? What's your reason for living? For getting out of bed? What gives you joy? What is your source of joy in life? Other sources of joy will fail you. And Moses wrote to us, the Lord is my song. He's what I sing about. He's what fires me up. He's what gets me through. He's what gives me joy even in difficult circumstances. There's an old hymn that we sing sometimes. Jesus uh, keeps me singing. He keeps me singing. You know that song? There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low. Fear not, I'm with thee. Peace be still in all of life's ebb and flow. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He keeps me singing. A, a preacher wrote that song. 1910, Methodist preacher, Luther Bridges, preaching a revival in Kentucky, came home to Georgia, his house had burnt down, his wife and children had been killed, and he wrote that song after that event. There's within my heart a melody. Jesus whispers sweet and low, fear not, I am with thee in all of life's ebb and flow. And there is in the Lord not only strength, but joy, a reason to go on, a reason to celebrate. Is he your song? Maybe he's your strength. Is he your song? There's a second place in the scripture where this verse, Exodus 15, 2, occurs. I want to show you a second place where it's quoted, another context. It's in Psalm 118. In Psalm 118, we don't know who wrote this song. It's not uh, titled, but he was in a tough place. 
And he says in verse 5, I called to the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me and put me in a spacious place. So he's written this psalm after a time of distress, and God has, he's called out to God, and he's helped him. And he describes some of the surrounding, some of the situation in verse 12. They surrounded me like bees. You ever been in a swarm of bees? I have. We used to keep bees when I was a kid. You, you get in a swarm. You ever felt like life is just like a swarm of bees and they're just, they're just, it's just all around you and you're just sort of overwhelmed? They surrounded me like bees. They were extinguished like a fire among them. In the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. They pushed me hard. Maybe you feel pushed hard to make me fall. But the Lord helped me. And then verse 14, he picks up the song of Moses from Exodus 15 to, The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation. Think of the third S. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Now, that means that God gets us out of some scrapes. That's what he did for Israel. He's done it for me before, probably for you. But it means far more than just he gets us out of some problems. It's a reference to our biggest need of life, our problem of death brought on by sin, and that God is my salvation. There's a third place in Scripture where our verse occurs. We've looked at it in Exodus 15:2. We've looked at it in Psalm 118. Now I want to read it to you in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. Indeed, God is my salvation. I'll trust him and not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Let me tell you the context of this quote. Isaiah 9 through 12 are prophecies of the coming deliverer, Savior, the Messiah. Think of what you may know about Isaiah 9 through 12. Isaiah chapter 9 says to us, or Isaiah 7 says to us, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. You'll call his name Emmanuel. Isaiah 9 says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the governor will be on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Isaiah 11 says that he'll come from the stump of Jesse, he'll be a descendant of David, that he'll be filled with the Spirit in a unique way, and that he'll bring forth eventually a kingdom where the wolf will lie down with the lamb. You get the context of Isaiah 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and here at the very end of this section, summing it up, he says he's going to bring salvation. And it says, indeed, the Lord, the Lord himself is my strength and my song, and he's become my salvation. The next Verses talk about the well of salvation that you'll draw water from. These verses are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And what you need more than anything else is not just strength to help you through the problems you're feeling right now. Not just a reason to live and to keep going. You need a Savior. And God will save you as he saved the Israelites from death. He'll save you from death if you put your faith in him. Today, if you would believe that Jesus died, rose again, you could say... He has become my salvation. And that's your greatest need. You may be feeling some, some felt needs of pain and hurt in your work, in your relationships, in your family, in your life. And God wants to be your strength and your song. But underneath that, what you most need is a Savior. And you can say today, He's become my salvation.
There's one other place in the Bible where the Song of Moses is referenced. It's in the last book in the Bible. In Revelation chapter 13 and 14, it tells us that when evil is going to make its last big stand. And there will come a day when Satan will unleash a beast who seems to be a political leader who will lead all of the world, all the nations against God. And uh, he'll have uh, a, a system where you can't buy or sell anything unless you fall in line with him. And he'll have a prophet, a false prophet, that will bring about a religious movement to worship him. Going to be some bad days. But then it says in Revelation 15 that there will be those who overcome who do not follow the the beast, who do not worship his image, who do not take his number, who those who follow the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. And it gives us an encouraging picture of them. I'll read it to you in Revelation 15 too. I also saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire. This is heaven. And those who had won the victory over the beast, its image, and the number of its name, were standing on the sea of glass with harps from God. And they sang. You want to know what they sang? You want to know what we're going to sing in heaven? Two songs, it says in this verse. Two songs in heaven. And they sang the song of God's servant Moses. That's Exodus 15. That's verse 2 that we've just read in Psalm and in Isaiah The Lord is my strength and my song. He's become my salvation for all eternity. We'll sing the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. And here it is. Great and awe-inspiring are your works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of the nations. Lord, who will not fear you and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you because your righteous acts have been revealed. And so even in heaven... We'll still be singing the song that Moses wrote on the shore of the Dead Sea, of the Red Sea, thousands of years ago. It'll still be true. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Would you bow with me in prayer? Maybe uh, today you need some strength. Would you just right now ask the Lord? To be your strength? I don't know what you're going through. Would you just take it to the Lord? And if things are pretty good for you now, would you anchor your life firmly to the Lord that in time of trouble you will have that strength? Maybe you need a song today. Maybe you're going through depression, discouragement. Maybe you're not very motivated in life right now. Maybe the why of life sort of looms as a big question before you. And I want to share with you, you can find joy, celebration, hope, a reason for live. Would you say, Lord, not my money, not my job, not not even any earthly person. You'll be my song. And what you most need is a Savior because you're going to die one day as a result of your sin unless Jesus comes first and you need a savior and Jesus has died in your place would you just call out to Jesus and say Jesus today 
I want you to become my salvation. I put my trust in you. I'll follow you as Lord of my life. I'll be baptized in your name. I'll be in your church. I'll serve you because you've died for me. Oh, Lord, as we offer prayers right now, we ask you to hear them. Oh, Lord, you who are our strength and our song and our salvation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Today, if you want to confess your faith in Jesus, I'll be at the Welcome Center right after this service. Love to uh, be able to hear you share that you want to accept Christ or that you have done that, help you with baptism. You can join our church there. I invite you to stop by and see me. Thank you. Will you stand with us and let's sing together. Lord, we need you so desperately.
Amen. You can be seated for just a moment. And if you will, I want to direct your attention to your worship guide. So if you could open that up, there's a lot of great information in there. But I want to direct your attention to the very bottom for two ways that you can be a blessing this summer in our community. And the first one is this. It's the Invest in the Best Back to School Backpack Program. And so we're partnering with our school system uh, in a lot of the ways like we would for the angel tree during the Christmas time. And so we are um, over there by the Welcome Center in the foyer. We have a pallet wall set up with these cards on there. And on the back of these cards, there's a name of a child and school supplies that their teacher has written out for us to get for them. And so what we're asking people in our church to do is if you would go by that pallet wall and get one of these cards, on the back it tells you kind of their favorite color, what kind of backpack they would like. You could buy a backpack and then these school supplies and then bring it back to our church on July 21st. Gives you about three weeks to go shopping for this. And then this is one of the ways that we're partnering in our community just to be a blessing in the name of the Lord for the Invest in the Best backpack program. Now, we got about 25 cards because we weren't sure how this would go. Uh, but if we exceed that in, in between these next two services, um, you can sign up to receive a card and we will get one to you. So you can sign a card out today or you can write your name down on a sheet and we will get a card to you. But we want to let you know about this. Just be sure to stop by there as you're walking towards the Welcome Center. We can get these cards in your hands. Another way is that the WMU is doing a pocketbook ministry. And this is hygiene items that are, can go into new or gently used pocketbooks. And you can fill those up. And there's some drop-off locations for that. There's one over here by the Welcome Center and another one here by the library. You can bring those items there, and if you have any questions about that, you can see any of the ladies from the WMU, and they can give you information about that. Finally, if you're a guest with us, we're so glad that you're here. Uh, if you take your guest card and go by the Welcome Center, we've got a small gift for you being a part of our service. Be sure to drop that in the black box there, or you can hand it to Dr. Cox and meet him, and uh, he would love for you to stop by and say hello. So if you will, let's uh, pause here in a moment. Let's pray, and that'll close out our service together. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for the word that we have heard. And God, I thank you for the song of Moses. God, I thank you that you are our strength. You are our song. And God, you are our salvation. Father, this week, would we hold out this hope that we have for our community as we step into our mission field. And we ask all of this in Jesus' good name. Amen. Oh God. 